Good morning, you guys. You're listening to Cash Radio only on KCSW 89.9. Uh, I'm Tiara. I'm Cameron. I'm Leah. I'm Alex. And uh, we are actually doing our last episode for the semester. Mm. So unfortunately, this is going to be the last time you hear this lineup of hosts. But don't worry. Uh, Cash Radio will be back with another great set of hosts next semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned for more information on that. Um, but uh, today we've got a great guest to close out the season. Uh, Leah, do you want to tell us a little bit more about? Yeah, so um, as you will hear, or as you heard, in, or as you will hear in the interview, um, I interviewed Professor Jeffrey Todd. He is a business law professor. He teaches three business law classes. Um, I don't really need to say much because he explains himself very well, but I think y'all will be in for a treat and a lot of great information. All right, awesome. Roll the clip, guys. Good morning, KTSW 89.9. This is Cash Radio, and this is Leah speaking. Today we are here with Professor Jeffrey Todd. Um, He is a professor at Texas State University. Um, Right now I'm currently taking an international business law course, but Professor Todd, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, um, so originally I went to uh, school I got degrees in English, then I decided in my 30s to go to law school, so I went to the University of Texas for law school, and then uh, I took the California bar exam and practiced at a big firm in uh, Southern California called Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher, and at that firm I did primarily uh, transnational litigation, uh, environmental torts, those kind of things, and so that's what piqued my interest in international uh, law and we represent a dole food company and so the kind of business relevant mm-hmm. and so when I had an opportunity here in the business college at Texas State you know, because I had an experience teaching undergraduates and then experience doing business law mm-hmm. particularly international business law uh, I took it um, and obviously I went to UT so kind of back you know close to home yeah. if you will and so, yeah, here I teach our uh, sophomore level class, the B-Law 2361, which is legal environment and business, and then upper level international business law, and that's the class you're in with mm-hmm. me. Uh, and graduate is sustainability law class, which is kind of like the intersection of uh, social, economic, and environmental questions. And what specifically made you get into business law, not international business law, but just and in general, since, since you majored differently? Yeah, well, um, yeah, like I said, I was an English major, yeah. uh, BA, MA, PhD, uh, PhD was from Texas A&M. Um, and you would think, how do you get English to business, right? right? Like, what's the connection there? But uh, the kind of the area that I focused on was business and technical writing. Mm-hmm. And so here we have a BCom class, right, mm-hmm. that uh, all business majors have to take. Uh, but at other schools, that class might be called technical communication, or it might be called business writing, or professional writing, and very often those are offered through English departments or departments of writing. Gotcha. And so, uh, after A and M, I taught at West Texas A and M in Canyon, and then I was at Georgia Southern for a couple of years. And in both those positions, I did teach a lot of business majors uh, as part of uh, business and uh, professional communication classes. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had some experience with business students. And then, like I said, uh, in law practice, uh, many of the cases I worked on were for Dole Food Company. You know, and so business litigation is what I did. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of put that writing and okay. uh, you know, business background together with the business litigation background. Right. 
uh, that's what got me interested in coming to a business college. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And so you would say the Dole Food case is the biggest case you've worked on? Right, right. And that was actually multiple cases. Okay. You know? I mean, I did some other things when I was at the law firm. Um, it was this pro bono case for a church, mm-hmm. uh, worked for Allergan. But even that had an international component. You know, there were uh, uh, patents that were allegedly were license uh, fees had to be paid for it. Mm-hmm. And some of those were, were foreign patents. Uh, but yeah, uh, the biggest cases I worked on involved uh, foreign plaintiffs okay. uh, from different Central American countries and South American countries suing Dole for pesticide exposure. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, because these foreign plaintiffs, they would file suit in California. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of pretrial litigation is part of that. Mm-hmm. There were cases where they won a lawsuit, say, in Nicaragua, tried to enforce that in the United States, and we challenged enforcement. And there's another case kind of related to that where uh, Dole was actually the plaintiff suing a documentarian for a movie for defamation, you know, okay. based on that litigation. And so for several years, most of my time was spent representing Dole in a number of uh, international litigation cases. Okay. So um, could you talk about a little bit about the international business law class and like what we learn and then also how that's different from taking like a regular business law class? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to do that. So, you know, our, 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 our intro business law class, we call it Legal Environment of Business. Mm-hmm. And the goal for that is to expose all business majors and minors, okay. right? So if you're connected to the business college, you need to take this class, mm-hmm. but it's to expose you to some of the most important legal issues you're going to see, right? So what would those include? Well, those would be things like um, uh, entering into contracts, okay. right? And how you have to perform contracts and what the damages might be for failure to perform. Because mm-hmm. whether you're negotiating contracts or you're an employee, contracts are part of business. Right. So there's a heavy emphasis on contracts. Um, torts. Mm-hmm. Right, your own negligence, your intentional torts, tortious interference, defamation. Right, torts are also another important aspect of business, especially businesses defendants. Right, businesses right. are very often sued for torts. Agency, you know, what are the duties that say an employee or an accountant or an attorney owes to the employer or the client? Mm-hmm. And then dispute resolution, especially dispute resolution in U.S. courts. So those are the main topics in the intro class. And I enjoy teaching it, you know. I think the, the students get a lot out of it. And I get to teach kind of every major and minor that's in there. But the emphasis in that class is on U.S. law. Well, the international business law class, we start going, okay, well, what happens when you cross international boundaries? Mm-hmm. Maybe U.S. law applies, but maybe foreign law applies, right? right? Um, maybe you're selling goods across borders. Well, maybe the internet, U.S. law, say Texas UCC, Uniform Commercial Code, applies, but maybe there's this treaty called the, uh, uh, the CISG. Maybe that applies mm-hmm. instead. Or maybe the foreign law applies. Right. So now you start seeing there's a lot more questions that are involved when you cross borders, right? right. Uh, I, I also like to teach intellectual property in that class, which we don't cover in the basic class. Um, basic dispute resolution becomes a lot harder when you have to serve process on foreign defendants or enforce a judgment in a foreign court, or a foreign judgment in a U.S. court. Um, you know, issues with, say, World Trade Organization and the rules that they have um, that affect uh, what, you know, govern what nations can do 
as far as trading goods or trading services or use of intellectual property. Uh, NAFTA, which is now the USMCA, this regional treaty, right? And so we start talking a lot, a lot more about treaties, about restrictions on how nations can regulate business, and then on how there's different sources of law and different tribunals that can hear a dispute. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a little bit more difficult to do international business and think about international business law. It's exponentially more difficult, right? Exponentially more questions that you need to start asking. Right. And so why would you say it's important for people to be knowledgeable about business law? Obviously, to reiterate a little bit about um, what you were saying earlier about how it's kind of in every area of business, even if you don't realize it. Right. You know, that's a great question because um, we were talking about this earlier. We don't have a minor in business law. There's no major in business law. If you want to study business, you're most likely going to have to go to law school, which is a JD, a Juris Doctor. It's a doctoral program, right? So it's very involved. So you might think, well, if I have a, a legal issue, maybe I just hire an attorney, right? Let the attorney take care of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that simple, right? Um, like I said, you may be negotiating contracts as part of business. Maybe you're in sales. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to be negotiating contracts. But if you're in HR, well, those are employment contracts. Right. Well, heck, if you're an employee, those are also contracts, right. right? Contracts are an essential part of business, no matter what business you're in. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't understand the difference between an offer and acceptance and when offers can terminate and when they can't, if you don't understand that consideration is a part of it, if you don't understand some of the public policy issues that might make a contract invalid and unenforceable, mm-hmm. and some of the issues of capacity and consent, or when a contract has to be in writing and when it doesn't, right. it do, an attorney is going to do you no good. Yeah. Right? You might have made a contract that's valid when you wish you hadn't, mm-hmm. or conversely, you might wish you had a contract that was valid, turns out it's invalid. Right. And so understanding some of these basic issues can help you with your contract negotiation. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes when it comes to torts. Understanding what some of your duties are right. you know, to the public, like say for negligence, or understanding when there's gonna be liability for intentional torts or for defamation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and especially litigation. You know, If you're never in business, there's a chance you go your whole life without ever having to be around litigation. If you're in business, you're gonna be in litigation, or at least the threat of litigation, right? right? Someone's gonna threaten to sue you, or you might need to consider suing someone else. Right. Well, if you don't have a basic understanding of how courts work, mm-hmm. you can't speak knowledge with, with your attorney about that. Right. So I think for all those reasons, right? Understanding your duties, uh, understanding how contracts can be valid or not, mm-hmm. and then you know being able to understand some basics of litigation so you can speak with your attorney. For all those reasons, the introductory business law class is what I think uh, an essential uh, class, along with all your other core classes in business. Right. And you would also say that even when you're a candidate, unless you go offered a job, mm-hmm. that's still technically a contract and you kind of need to know what you're signing, right? Oh, exactly. Before you accept that offer, right? Right. I mean, there's all kinds of little things that could be there to trip you up, right? right? So say they mail you a document and say, sign and return this copy by pick a date, uh, December 1st. Mm-hmm. Well, does that mean you put it in the mail on December 1st and that's mm-hmm. okay? Or do they have to receive it by December 1st? Right. In which case, maybe they don't receive it till December 2nd. Mm-hmm. Has the offer terminated or have you validly accepted it? Right. If you drop it in the mail, can you ever like 
maybe, I don't know, persuade the mail clerk to give it back to you, mm. right? We talk about things like that, you That's know? True. It seems like a small question, but it, it comes up a lot. Right. And actually, it's the mailbox rule. Once you drop it in the mail, you've accepted. Right. Unless the offer says, must be received by a certain date. Okay. In which case, you need to get it there, you know, pay for the overnight shipping, right, to get mm-hmm. it there on time. Yeah. You know, and that's just one little small piece of it. Right? Right. There are many other uh, nuances, right, and facets of offers, termination of offers, acceptance. Um, do, do, do employment contracts have to be in writing? No. Unless it's for a year or more, mm-hmm. then yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And the essential terms all have to be in writing right. to be enforceable. Right. You know, and so we talk about some of those things. Okay. And, and I think, you know, at a minimum, it gives you an appreciation for how the law impacts business. But then, like I said, it also lets you know, I don't remember this. Let me call an attorney. Right. right? Let me consult an attorney. Definitely. And are there any aspects of um, business law or international business law that are surprising to people that aren't really knowledgeable about it? Is there any surprising um, aspects? Um. Maybe I'll I imagine there's a lot of surprises that occur, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of the yeah, are there any specific examples that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one thing that people realize when they take whether it's the intro class, or the international business law class, mm-hmm. is a lot of things that you think are common sense don't necessarily apply in law, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like in law, we have certain rules, for example, about rules of procedure for litigation, or rules of evidence. Mm-hmm. And those rules aren't intuitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily know how pretrial issues work or how, um, um, you know, courts, uh, I use choice of law as an example. Mm-hmm. If you ask most people, say, hey, if you file a lawsuit in Texas, does Texas law apply? Most people would say... Yes, of course it does. We're in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Don't Texas courts apply Texas law? Not necessarily. Right. You know, if you have a contract with, and this is the example we use from our class, a contract with a Nicaraguan party, technically the court is supposed to do something called conflict of law balancing. And so if it's a contract, there's 12 different factors the court will consider. Mm -hmm. And maybe the court will choose Texas law, but maybe it's Nicaraguan law that could apply. And that choice of law could affect which party wins and which party loses. And then, of course, the thing we say is, hey, if you want to be smart, um, put a choice of law clause in your contract, and that way you avoid the the choice of law problem altogether. So I think that might be something that's kind of surprising. And there's like other examples. I went back through my materials I could come up with. Yeah, I would say one surprising off the top of my mind that I realized was how the details really matter. Oh, yeah so much because you just think you read something you read the end of the agreement of terms even if you're like downloading the app and you're like okay cool i agree and that's right. it but like one sentence can change the whole contract right and that's right and crazy. you know that was something we learned about and uh especially in contracts for the sale of goods yeah. right it was um you know which one was the offer which one was the acceptance did the cisg apply or did the pennsylvania ucc apply mm-hmm. And then depending which law applied, determined whether the offer was accepted or whether it was a counter offer and the counter offer was accepted, mm-hmm. including the fine print that limited the rights of one of the parties, right, right? Right, And we decided, yeah, when that party in email said, I looked at it, go ahead, mm-hmm. they probably didn't actually look at it. 
because they would never have agreed to those kind of terms. Right. But the court doesn't care. The court said, well, you said you looked at it. Right. Therefore, you accepted it with this term that's negative for you. Right. Gotcha. And are there any tips about business law that you could tell a listener about them having any, like, prior knowledge to business law? Any tips you could give a listener? Yeah. um, Yeah, I think a few things I would say is, Mm -hmm. you know, one, uh, you know, business law classes, whether it's the intro class or one of the upper-level classes, you don't necessarily need to come in with a knowledge of the law. Okay. Right. We, we don't assume that you know how contracts are formed or how, why a contracts might be invalid or how litigation works. And we don't expect that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can come in with very little knowledge, but then come out with a great deal of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? At least a basic understanding of some key issues that are relevant to your business career. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's no reason to be intimidated by a business law class, whether it's intro or upper level. Another tip I would say is, you know, some other classes in the business college, the work might be work doing formulas, mm-hmm. right? Doing mathematical formulas till you get it right. right. Or it might be a group project, some big presentation that you have to do. Right. Different classes have different expectations. In law, I can tell you the number one thing you have to do is read and come to class. Right. Right? You know, most of us in business law, we don't give a lot of exercises to do. We don't um, have group projects, right? It's tests, very often with the questions based upon factual scenarios. We mm-hmm. have to apply the law to those facts mm-hmm. and come to the right answer, right? It's critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, you cannot develop critical thinking skills unless you read the material, get a basic understanding. Right. And then come to class and be part of the class discussions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've been in my class now for most of the semester. Do I <laughs> lecture or do I ask questions of students? Both. Both, right? A little <laughs> bit of lecture to kind of set the foundation. But I do, the, it's kind of set a Socratic method, right? Mm-hmm. A question and answer. And so we go through factual scenarios. We work through multiple choice or true-false questions together, right? Mm-hmm. We're engaged in that critical thinking process. Mm-hmm. So if you do take a law class... That's not the class you can blow off, right? That's the class right. you need to prepare and right. you need to come on a regular basis right. so that you can get it. Otherwise, you're not going to get much out of it and your grade will suffer if you don't do that. Gotcha. And is there any last advice about business law um, or for students who want to get into business law? Any last advice? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I think the majority of students, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to take either the required class or one of the upper level classes mm-hmm. without ever going to law school. And that's fine. Right. You know, we don't expect that most of our students will want to go to law school. Mm-hmm. So I think for you guys, just coming in, hoping to gain an appreciation for how the law intersects with business in essential ways, if you have that appreciation, then you'll get a lot out of the class. Mm-hmm. For those of you who want to go more into law, mm-hmm. like there's no halfway there, right? It's uh, you want to go to law school. Mm. Well, I have all kinds of things I could say about that. We don't have time on a podcast for that. But if you want to go to law school, then definitely talk to the law school professors, right? Take your the intro class, try to take the upper level class, and talk to one of us. Because every one of us has a JD. Um, I think we've all got 
a bar license in at least one state, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's license in California and Texas. And she teaches employment law. Mm-hmm. Um, we've practiced to some extent in different kinds of practice, big firm, small firm, um, private practice, government practice, right? And so if you're interested in law as a profession of law school, you can major in anything and go to law school, right? So mm-hmm. every business major, whatever your major, you can go to law school with that, okay? But I really highly advise that you talk to your law school professors to get some insight as to what's expected in law school, and then, more importantly, what's the practice of law like? Right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, well, thank you so much, Professor Todd, for joining us today. Listeners, I hope you gained so much out of today's interview, and thank you for joining us. All right, guys, that was the interview with Professor Todd. Um, great information. I loved it completely. I learned so much, not only just in the interview, but in that class. Um, but what did y'all think about the interview? Uh, one thing that stuck out, stuck out to me at the very beginning was how he said that he went to law school at the age of 30. Mm. Um, I thought that was like really inspiring because it's like some people think you had to you know, choose your career now and then stick to it. But I mean, he was bouncing around and then mm-hmm. to go to law school at 30 is seems very, very intimidating, but he did it. And then he was in the field, and then now he's a professor. So, I mean, this man has done so many different things, and to be able to do that at a later age is so inspiring. Yeah, I've always, yeah. I've always wondered how, like, people who are professionals in the field uh, transition into professorhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely hear, good to hear his story. I know everybody's is different. I know, for example, when somebody we interviewed earlier this semester had a similar path where she worked in the field. You might remember Professor Siriana. She worked mm-hmm. in like marketing and then she transitioned into professing. Professing, is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's definitely always interesting to hear uh, professor stories of like how they got into being a professor, especially in the business school where it's not so much like you go straight to get your PhD mm-hmm. and then you go straight, straight to school. So yeah. yeah. Uh, just continuing on, on Cameron's point. Yeah. Just talking about how, you know, uh, Professor Todd was like an English major and mm-hmm. he got a PhD actually. So mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Right. And then just to switch that to be law or to the law, you know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I definitely think that perhaps his, um, his English background maybe helped him out in law because oh, yeah. there's a lot of writing. Yeah, in lots law. of writing. Really. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I definitely think that there's a benefit in majoring in something different than like what you initially. I mean, what you eventually end up doing, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that um, it kind of gives you a lot of different experience with different fields and it really brings your experience. It, it sharpens your experience, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I guess, to start off. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've all taken like the business law class. So yeah. I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask, you know, how that experience went for you guys. Yeah. I took mine a while ago. I took mine in like, I want to say 2018, if not earlier, Mm. Um, because, and this is like before I take a break from school, but uh, I had a professor and I really loved her. She was really great. Uh, uh, Professor Stokes. Mm. She was really awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt like I learned a lot about the class. And I think it was one of those situations where I wouldn't have necessarily been super interested in the content, Mm. but she did a really good job of presenting it and using real world examples. So I think that's how I learn best. And I think that is, it's a great way to learn law, right, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. To me, I've taken a few of these. Um, okay. I am pre-law right now. So I've taken a few of the upper level courses that he's talking about, mm. but, um, it's not like after taking these, I can 
do anything like a lawyer can do. I don't have the lawyer mindset, right. but like he was saying in the interview that it gives you that the appreciation of it and yeah. it gives you like the lens of it to where you be like you can recognize it like right. and before like I would have never recognized that something needed to be done or mm-hmm. how tricky some certain things are and like how little how you said like the details and the little things are so tricky yeah. and that like how important it is to get it all right after those classes I definitely definitely took that away from it and by the way what made you get into law Cameron um it's just something that um I've always thought I could do from I guess I decided I was going to do that in high school mm-hmm. and then to be reaffirmed into uh, into these like law classes and being able to write and read all these cases. I continue to think it's something I can do and it's something that I find more fun than a lot of other paths that I that I could take. Yeah. And so I'm sticking with it. Going to going to apply soon. So wish me luck. Y'all. That's awesome. Best of luck, best of luck. Oh, I do have a question for you, Cameron. Um, so. Uh, now that you're about to graduate, congratulations. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to know, did you have any advice for maybe any business school students who are interested in maybe going to law school down the line? Yeah, absolutely. I get asked all the time if if I am like pre-law, because I am in the business school as well. So mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people are like, oh, like, wait, what's your major? And I'm like, like I'm a business major. And like people are like really confused by that. Mm-hmm. But um you don't it doesn't matter what your major is to go to law school a lot of people think that you have to be pre-law or political science to do that Mm -hmm. when in reality like you don't at all Mm -hmm. and i think it's really good like y'all like you said how um how you have like a different degree than what your field is because you have like such like diversity like to me i can like use my like business background and marketing background to like help in a firm like if i ever wanted to start my own and it's just kind of like that like my biggest thing is like it doesn't matter what your major is like whatever you are in 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 your schooling take everything away that you can and like really focus on that and just know like in the back of your mind that like this is over here as well these are two separate things and they're done at separate times like you don't have to get a law book and just start reading it or Mm -hmm. be like oh gosh i'm in these business classes what's this going to do for me because it really does help in the long run a lot right and i would say and let me know if i'm right but maybe perhaps since there's no specific like law undergraduate degree that you can get, maybe whatever you decide to major in, it'd be somewhat applicable to like what part of law you want to be in, right? Would you say that? Yeah, 100%. If you know what field you're going to go into. Yeah. Me personally, I don't really know what field I'm going into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, again, like even if you, you want to start your own firm, business is good. English, he has a very good degree for that because it's writing and reading and mm-hmm. that's all like the law is. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are creative writing majors that go and like there's just so many different things. Like I would just find something that you're like really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And again, if you have like the business mind as well and you're thinking to go, if you're like, I want to work in a big firm that does business law, like business would be like the perfect choice you could do. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, contracts are a really big part of business law, but they're also a lot of really big part of like everyday life mm-hmm. because you s- we sign contracts like all the time, all like the time. leases. Handshake deal, like could be binding mm-hmm. just saying it a it written deal yeah. could not be binding so like in order like to know these things you really have to ask someone that knows so yeah. that's what that's a good uh, program yeah. to get into but so if an employer ever says here's a job technically it's valid unless it's for a year or more that it needs to be in writing but like let's say y'all get an internship and it's over the summer and they give you a phone call or whatever 
and you know they're like here's a job yada you gotta okay cool and they're like never mind or whatever you may be able to challenge that because if it's less than a year you know the contract doesn't need to be in writing for it to be valid so yeah like that i I actually had a situation like Mm. that where i got offered a job and then they took it back Mm. so wish i knew that earlier (laughs) you might have been able to do something yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. every time i see law it's just like another language like (laughs) obviously they're using the english language but i mean it's just like like the whole agreement thing where like if you it's still valid like even though you, you speak it like mm-hmm. I, I mean who's gonna know that you know right. yeah, somebody doesn't know law so yeah like it's been two years for me since i took my uh business law class and i'll be honest i kind of forgot most of the things yeah. that i learned but yeah. i mean that's why i got people like cameron here for you know facts mm-hmm. i know who to call, call them up call them up <laughs> man i know who, who to call call, call yeah. cameron you gotta have your own extension and everything all right y'all that was the interview with Jeffrey Todd. Once again, thank you, Leah, very much for you, taking professor. the time out of your day to, you know, interview with the professor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so this is the final episode of Cash Radio. <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Duarte. T.R. Allen. Cameron Sullivan. Leah Batts. And we'll see you guys, I don't know what. On the flip side. <laughs> On the flip side. <laughs> the Y'all flip take side. care. Peace. Deuces. Later. <laughs>